What's going on, Inspire Nation? Episode 35 here with Chris and Darren. Um, I just want to start off with the show with um, saying we got 1,500 followers. Whew! That is crazy. Do you remember like when we first like was getting it off the ground? First was getting started. Did you ever think we would be here this quick? <sighs> not, not this quick. I definitely <clears throat> knew we was going to get there. I mean, I never doubted us from the beginning, but... Yeah. It's quick. We ain't even a year yet. Nope, it'll be a year in September. So, let's. So, what what have we learned? What have changed since we started? I took one thing I learned is that um, I didn't know. Like uh, once I once once we start once we first started, I understood that the podcast community was big. I didn't understand how connected like a lot of the podcast community is. Like certain podcasts, you know, know the they know certain people, and it's kind of like groups and. Clubs, so to speak, like a lot of people kind of help each other out, uplift each other, but it's some drama too. It's a little bit of drama. See, that's the one thing I learned all of that here. I didn't really know nothing about the podcast community, but we were jumping into it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even really wasn't even listening to podcasts like that. Right, not really. I think when we first, but when we first started, I listened to big podcasts. Like I listened to Joe Rogan Experience, um, the Tim Dillon Show. I listen to stuff like that, um, a Sam Harris podcast. But like, as far as like the smaller podcasts, I listen to No Filter. Um, that might be it. And then I actually got into it and got our foot in the door. And then it kind of changed things. Like, um, we got friends. Yeah. Um, we got our brothers over at, at um, I don't be knowing. Well, I don't be knowing. Trucks and Reese are Pippins. Um, Brittany and Antoine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Uncle Dolomite um, with the Too Much Game podcast, um, the Rosie Perspective. Oh yeah. Um, I shouldn't have started naming people because then if I forget somebody, I'm gonna feel bad. I'm gonna just end it there. It's just <laughs> some people that um, you know we've been getting to know, being friends with, um, helpful, um, teaching us things. It's people that we've been teaching stuff to along the way as well. Um, so yeah, so we'll just start the show. Um, where do we see the podcast going as far as growing and how would it change us? Like, say once we have, say, 50,000 followers, if that's possible, if we have 50,000 followers, what would happen to us? <laughs> um... I'm gonna be a bougie mess. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Once I get the once we hit about fifty thousand, I ain't even gonna say that. It's gonna happen before that. Once we get about ten thousand, I'm gonna feel solidified. Like, yeah. I, oh, you can't tell me nothing. I got ten thousand followers. What, what, what do you think this is? I mean, I'm, I'm known. It's definitely it'll definitely be like put some respect on our name, kind of. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like, cause if we get like that big, like as and we're growing fast, thanks to y'all. Like, we are The growing. power is in the nation. That's right. Inspire nation. So, once we get there, I hope we don't change. Because, like, you hear the horror stories. Like, when a person starts thinking they're bigger than the podcast, I am the podcast. And then people <laughs> fall out. And yes. then you start attacking each other on social media. Uh, people fall out. Got a recast. Because you was telling me about a podcast on Barstool. Yes, I listened to Call Her Daddy. Yeah. Um, yes, and I love her podcast. It is amazing. And it went bad. It was yes. started off as two it friends. It started off as two friends, and 
<laughs> shit went south and we went their separate ways and one continued the podcast and the other one went off to do her own thing. Um, and I just don't want that for us. Not for us. Let's hope. But I don't know. They was talking about a lot of money when they fell off. I was about to say, if it's over, <laughs> if it's over some money, we can... No. Yeah, they was talking about a lot of money. So, so we... um So, it's been a lot going on on social media and people talking about bonnets. Like, where... Like, where, when is it appropriate for a woman to wear a bonnet? Uh, Monique was talking about women wearing bonnets on... Um, I'm in the airport... Mm-hmm. Um, you see other memes and other stuff talking about like a bonnet's supposed to be at home and um, you're supposed to wear it at home. You're supposed to, you know, not leave the house, like go to stores and go to work and mm-hmm. go travel and all this type of stuff in a bonnet. Where do we fall on that? <clears throat> um, me personally, I don't know. I'm kind of in the mix. Part of me, I really don't care at this point because it is, it's 2021. People do all kinds of weird, crazy things all the time. Mm-hmm. And people want to wear their bonnets, whatever. But, like, me personally, I do feel like a bonnet is for the house. Like, there's no reason. Like, yes, if your hair not done, okay, you throw on a bonnet. And, again, like, people will be like, oh, well, a bonnet is the same as a do-rag. I don't think you should, as a dude, you should just be wearing a do-rag all day everywhere either. So, no, I don't, but I definitely don't think you should be going to work in your bonnet. So, a bonnet is houseware. Yeah. Like, homeware. Yeah, it's homeware. It's like the equivalent of going out in your pajamas. Right. Why is it like that? I don't, I don't like, I mean, I, I'm okay with a bonnet in, um, at the airport or on a plane. Yeah. I don't, that, I mean, if you, because most of the time. It's like a road trip. Yeah, like, just like a road trip or anything else, like. You should be dressed comfortable. And if that means a bonnet so you can go do your trip, you know, take your bonnet off, do your hair once you get there, why do anybody care? I don't understand why anybody care. And as a man, I'm not about to sit up here and tell women what they should be wearing as far as a headwear anyway. Like, it's not really our place to say what, you know, what's appropriate. Well, I don't know. We are in society. We should have an opinion. When I go to Walmart and I see people in pajama pants, bonnets, and all that, it don't look good. It's not enough to wear... I would say something to them or it messes up my day or I even tell anybody. It's not like, oh, I saw this girl at the store and she had a bonnet on and some, some pajama pants. It's not a story. But it's like, I was raised that you, when you leave the house, you should be dressed like uh, yeah. representable. A little you know, something. Yeah, my mom didn't even like us wearing like jogging pants and stuff. Oh, yeah. Your mom definitely yeah. told me that before. Yeah. Like, so when it comes to <laughs> a bonnet, like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back in the day to these older women, that was blasphemous. But with Monique, she just can't get it right. And it's like, I want to be rooting for her and I want to like her and all that. But it's like, she just keeps stepping in it with her comments. Like, why why go take the social media, make this video talking about love yourself, queens, this, this, that. Like, just stop. Let people wear what they want to wear. Like, like, why do Monique need to take to social media to make a video about what she, about what women was wearing in the airport? And, as if, and I don't know where she was at or where she was going, but as if she even saw it that much. How many people did she actually see in the airport with a bonnet on? Exactly. And who cares? Like, nobody cares about Monique's comments at this point. Like, like just you can just go sit down. Please. We, nobody has cared about what Monique has had to say for a year. Yeah. Like, you get blackballed. Yeah, so let us know what you think in the comments. We'll probably do a poll or at least make a... Um, yeah, we'll do a poll. Do something. And see, see what y'all think. See where everybody at on that. 
Um, wedding objections. Um, I thought about this. I object. Yeah, like, I thought about this. What do you do if somebody objects? Like, say you standing up there, you getting married, and somebody say, stop. Like, this can't go on, like, for whatever reason. Does it matter who objects? Does it deserve a conversation? What do you do with real wedding objections? Like, what do you I think it do depends on who it is. Okay. Like, if it's an ex? If it's an ex, a mom. First off, I don't believe that anybody should be having an ex at their wedding anyway. If, okay. was, if it was somebody that you was fucking around with or whatever in a relationship, married to whatever capacity they were in your past, there's no reason why they are at your wedding at all. Your friends. That, again, I don't believe that they have a place at your wedding. Okay. Even if we're friends. You don't have a place at my wedding. To be in the crowd? Yeah, no. Why? This, this is me moving forward. This is me. This is moving into a place. But we left off on a good place. There it doesn't was matter. Issue. This is still moving into a place before the... Basically, how I look at a wedding is at that point, once we get married, there was nobody before me and there's nobody before you. If So if, I'm no, not about if, to have no past. If I'm dating somebody... Take part in my present or my future. If I'm dating somebody and we break up, but it's like a mutual thing and yeah. we agree to be friends where we still communicate, we still friendly with each other, and we still like hope for the best. Yeah, for each and other. if y'all hope and for the best. And then if I meet somebody else, I'll date them and then I get married. Mm-hmm. What is the issue with having my friends at the wedding? Like I said, and if they hope for the best, they will understand not being in your wedding if they are a real friend. Well, it matters if your new spouse know that that's your ex. If they don't know, then they can just come and everything can be fine. Right? No, for you. <laughs> you should care. That's my friend. I would never have an ex at my wedding. Okay. Well, but moving on. But objection. Well, the Back to the point. The objection part is, yes, it depends on who it is. And I don't think you talk about it right there in that moment. Because me personally, I feel like if you are a person who had anything to do, if you objected to somebody getting married, mm-hmm. that is a conversation that you should have had when that person first proposed. To that person. You got about a six month window. Depends on how fast the relationship moves. But most people, what I've noticed is most people engage and be engaged for a year. And then the wedding typically happens. Around when the year would pop up or somewhere in there. So I feel like you got a couple of months after somebody proposed to somebody to state your objections. Okay. After after those couple of months, that window yeah. is closed. You don't yeah. you don't wait until somebody is they've already paid for the wedding. Stuff is paid for the the whole the night. Wedding, everything is yeah, done. Yeah, everything is done. You don't wait Why until this then? moment to be like, oh no, I yeah. object. I don't think she's a good fit for you, or he's a good fit for you, and y'all should not be together. Where the fuck was you at all these months ago when I was paying all this money? I think that's an old school thing. <laughs> like, what? I think that's an old school thing, though. Because you got to think, I think that the whole wedding objection part of the ceremony, that was back, way back in the day when you would mail letters through the Pony Express exactly. for people to come up from Louisiana where everybody was separate. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't a close-knit, like, community. And then everybody come <laughs> and, gather. And, and everybody ain't seen each yeah. other in months. And, yeah, then everybody come see, like, they was coming to the wedding, the wedding to meet your wife. Yeah. Because they like, oh, you know, Cousin Darian is getting married. Like, we mm-hmm. should go up there. So you load up the little you wagon, load up the wagon. And then you get everybody up there. And then you get there. And then it's like a, this is the moment. This is your only chance the only to chance. say something. And then at the wedding you say, "Hey, 
you can't marry her because of whatever reason. And so it made sense. But nowadays... Or objections. Or kind of like objections was made for exes. Exes? Yes, objections was made for those people who still got hanging love. It could be for parents. It could be for kids. Most of the time, a parent that already told you they don't want you to be with that person. It could be for anybody who got your best interest at heart. If they know that you marrying like a con artist or somebody somebody who ain't got your best interest, they should say something. Maybe not then. Now, like you said, once I'd have paid all this money, I'd have been invested to this person. If you knew this information for months, like who, you never like in the movies, me, where you wait until the wedding day to tell, yeah. to, I wait until the wedding day to tell you. Oh, you I know on. your wife cheated on you. Yeah. You shouldn't be with her. What the fuck? Why didn't you just Why? tell me five months ago when you found out she cheated on me? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that um, I get why it's there. I get I get why that part is I get there. It, but, but I think it's dated. Because yeah. by the time that we all come to the wedding, we all then met this person. We done hung out with this person. You done dated them probably for years. And we didn't have us that helped with the wedding. Like, it's not like this is a new thing that you just got to say, this is my moment. You could have reached out to me before that. Yeah. You, you, you could have did that. There's no reason for you to be, like, straddling the fence so tough <laughs> that you finally just could not hold on no more when they said, is there anybody who got something to say? I object. Stop I, this. Stop it. I can't let this go I on any let longer. It go any longer. You can't do this. She <laughs> okay. slept with your brother. <laughs> Okay, that's what I was about to say. Does it matter what the objection is to say if it warrants a conversation? Like, what can somebody say in that moment that you say, I'm going to be right back. And then you go talk to this person in the hallway. I feel like I I would maybe do that in almost any objection. Any objection? Almost. What? You only get met with either two responses. Okay. Either you get met with the objection where you're like, I object. Get get them the fuck out of here. Security. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Get, somebody get yeah. them the fuck up out of here. <laughs> or you get met with the... I handle this. Like, okay, so what, let like me you go said, hear your piece. What if your ex found out about the wedding, showed up, and said, I object. I cannot let you marry this person. I still love you. Security. Security. Okay. Snatch him. What if, like, <laughs> what if some rando dude said, how can you marry, how can you marry this dude after I just slept with you last night? Do you talk whoa. to him in the hallway? You gotta, yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. Wait. <laughs> Time. I just slept with her last night. Take Are you about hang- to marry this dude? You take the handkerchief out, you throw the flag on the, on the field. Yeah. Five minutes, you or somebody yells out, she's pregnant and it's not yours. <laughs> you gotta be like, right, we gotta take some time. Everybody take five. We got the water break. We got the menu to five. We got to do a little investigation. Yes. It depends on what it is that you have to investigate. Definitely. All right, Um. so Naomi Osaka leaves oh. the French Open. You heard about this? Yes. Um, Naomi Osaka. <laughs> she cites health and de- uh, mental health and depression as the reason that she don't want to do um, the French Open. This the time. interviews. The interviews. No, she quit the whole tournament. Oh, she quit the whole tournament. Yeah. She quit the whole tournament because um, she said that she's been depressed since 2018. 
um, for the U.S. Open that she, um, her and Serena, mm-hmm. remember it was all that controversy. Yeah, it was a bunch of drama. Where um, the referee um, took a point from Serena because he said she was receiving coaching from the stands. And then Serena was going back and forth with him and she called him a thief because he stole the point from her. Mm-hmm. And because he gave her, um, because she said thief, he gave her, he took like a game from her. And so um, Osaka ended up winning. And um, so she said from that moment. So she's been depressed because she felt So like she, she won. won. No, she, she don't like the way she won. Because she won, there was all this controversy, yeah. all these boos, and just people, the fans was not satisfied no. with that. The world so, was not happy. Yeah, they were not happy at all. So she refused to participate in the 2021 press conferences for the French Open, um, saying that um, to protect her, um, to quote, protect her mental health. She was fined $15,000 for not doing the press events. That is ridiculous. And um, since then, like many celebrities have shown support to her on social media from Serena Williams, Will Smith, literally yeah, everybody. 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 So, um, yeah, I just think that um, women's tennis been it's been an issue for a long time. Um, it's been a lot of racist activity. It's been a lot of sexism going on, and I could understand how just this could like really make her feel like she's not strong enough, or this is just not something that she want to do no more. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people suck. Um, you know, people suck, and I wouldn't blame her from. Wanting to, to not want to be a part of that world, but she's the number two ranked um, woman in the world in tennis, and um, I just wish it was a better answer than her walking away. I don't think she should have. Well, I ain't gonna say I don't think she should have walked away because you gotta do whatever you gotta do to preserve your mental health. Yeah, but I don't. I just don't like that because I feel like in that way, it's like kind of feel like I about to like she it's, it's letting the next girl kind of. Who's looking up to you? Kind of feel like there's no hope or there's yeah, no, like you can't win. There's no fight, and because yeah. Serena, she's been dealing with it forever. Yeah, like they've been dragging Serena like forever. They was calling her a man. They've been messing with her as far as her outfits. They've been banning certain outfits that she wanted to wear, like um, like the black cat suit. She called mm-hmm. her a Black Panther mm-hmm. cat suit. She said it's supposed to um since she had the baby, like she had an issue with blood clots. So she wore that to promote like good um, blood circulation. circulation, and they pretty much said no. And they want them to. It's it's so weird the dress code for tennis. Like they want them to be wearing like tutus and little skirts and stuff when it's an athletic sport. Like you know, they just want them to be cute. But that's only because it's women. I mean, yeah, they're kind of like oh, because it started off as kind of like a cutesy, dainty thing. Yeah. So we want to keep it like that. Just keep it. A little but when we get to the to tournaments, look something to look at. That's what it is. It's giving you something to look at. Mm-hmm. You see a woman like in her little sports bra or a tank top and her little skirt, and it's like, let her wear something. Come let her wear what she wants. Cause I, like, mean, I ain't watching it anyway. But. I mean, I ain't go watch. Like I'm not like glued to the TV or nothing. But like I have looked into some things. Like I have yeah. to watch some stuff because. Like, it, it can get interesting because there's so much behind-the-scenes drama in tennis that a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> it really is. So that's why, like, I knew all of this before we even did this yeah. segment because, like, I kind of follow it. I kind of follow it a little bit. But that's good. It ain't nothing wrong with that. But I definitely don't think she should have got fined all that money, like, unless that was put in a contract somewhere. Yeah. There is no reason to find that girl all that money. I don't know. I just kind of feel sorry for Fines in sports is bullshit anyway. It just really because is. these people is rich 
They be feeling like they can charge these people these outrageous amounts of money for nothing. Yeah. Oh, because you spoke out against the ref. Yeah. $15,000. What? They so petty. And where does this money go? It, I never understood that. The asshole was what I've wondered. Like, when, when you find these athletes, like basketball, football, whatever, where the fuck is all this fine money going? Yeah. Because y'all be charging these people a lot of money. Especially in the NBA. Yeah, the NBA is charging them thousands. Yeah. Thousands of dollars per fine. Exactly. Where is all that money going? What is y'all doing with this money? Nothing. But, yeah. But um, for our last topic, we um, we made a post. The um, When did we make that post? The other day? About um, people don't leave jobs. They leave bad management. And um, I, got that, I got that idea from um, author Jay. Um, she was talking to somebody and they said, I'm like, you know what? I said, that is so true. Because um, I'm thinking about like past jobs I've had to where it's like, or jobs just I've had. My and job <laughs> now. <laughs> it's the like, hu- in the job I just left recently. Bad management can tank oh, yeah, it the can, whole it, experience. It ruins everything. Like, because I'm trying to think, because yeah. There was jobs I loved that yeah. I actually enjoyed to where I liked the people, the job wasn't bad and mm-hmm. all that. But the management, management was made it a so pain in the ass. Horrible. Management made it yeah. unworkable. To where you just say, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. So you got experience with a bad one? <sighs> Look, I, I ain't scared to talk about nobody. Job I work at currently or a job I just quit. Because, yes, it's bullshit. You just quit a job? Yes. Why? Because they expected too much. They wouldn't. They they act like I was gonna miss my daughter's surgery just to show up for a shift, like because nobody else wanted to do their part. It was like I was trying to call off. I'm like, hey, can you come in early? Can you do anything? Yeah. Which I'm talking to management because that's the person who relieved me. Mm-hmm. And they like, no, I'm not gonna be able to come in that early. Well, I don't know what to tell you. My daughter's having surgery. I'm not coming. I'm not missing my child's surgery to come to no job. You gotta understand that. They watched our video. Who? <laughs> Your job. Oh, no, I ain't watch my video. I'm saying. Right, like, if you watched my video, you would have known. Millennials, like people is You would have known that you was barking up the wrong tree. People is just not with that no more. No, I'm not, nobody is sacrificing anything yeah. at this point for these jobs. People people is leaving jobs just to go kick it in Miami at this point. Right. Let, let me say, oh, I got a Miami trip. Okay, I'm going to need this weekend off. No. Oh, well, I quit. <laughs> I'm still going to Miami. You thought I'm going to cancel my trip? Yeah. No, that's not happening. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, at this point, no. Management plays a big role mm-hmm. in a job. And I don't think management understands that. Or yeah. they just don't care. Yeah. A Either lot of people, one. People was commenting on that post that we made um, pretty much saying that sometimes the managers just, they weren't trained properly themselves. And I was just kind of like, some the ones I'm referring to is the ones that don't know and don't care to know. Yeah. That's the issue for me. Like, I, just the incompetence. I'm going into it. Just like now. The incompetence of it all. Just like now. We got a, I got a manager. I got a manager now that is just incompetent. Just in completely incompetent and doesn't act like he cares. Like, you can't be telling me you don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. Especially not when I've corrected oh. you several times. 
When you are contacting me off of work time, when I am not on the clock, if you are contacting me off the clock, you need to know how to talk to me. That's period. You don't you don't comment, you don't text in the group chats. Well, you need to fucking answer then. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Who? Who are you talking to? I don't get I don't gotta answer a single text message when I'm not on this clock. Exactly. Just like I brought it to management before. If y'all want me to answer, if you want me to answer phone calls and text messages around the clock, you need to be giving me some extra money to be on call or you need to be paying this phone bill. But main thing, let's go back to what you just said. I I remember that experience. Yeah. Where you and I was hot. Like you will not You will never ever get comfortable enough to think that you about to cuss at me. No. As, as a manager. As management? Like, you think you about to cuss at me? Like, first of all, you texting me on the... T- on, uh, on and it's the- like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's like you, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. You texting me when I'm not on shift. And then you think you can aggressively talk and use cuss words when you're talking to me? Oh, you got me fucked up. Well, nobody's yeah. answering, so what the fuck? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Listen here, sir. <laughs> Listen Ooh. here, motherfucker. Try again. Let's try again. Try again. <laughs> try again. Yeah, so that's uh, bad management. We already shared that post. Um, it just seemed like it's getting worse as far as like in the like p- th- these jobs. You would think they would adapt and start acting like they need people better mm-hmm. or like start appreciating people more, but that's not what we see. It. No, so people quit. People go do whatever they yeah, do. And, and now these job, all these terrible management jobs, yeah. are in a worker crisis, and they act like people yeah. are supposed to care. Yep. No, you come in and work it then. So we are going to end it there. That's our show. That's episode 35 of Inspired.